baby. With 15 games to play, your Cincinnati Reds hold a playoff spot. What's going on? Happy Thursday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby and you know it. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live postgame shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now. Always available for you bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We've been doing it for every game this season, weekdays, weekends, always a podcast, always talking Reds after every game. And we appreciate everyone that continues to listen and support our show during this incredible season. This show is presented, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. All right, coming up on today's show, myself and Trace Fowler, we recapped Wednesday night's Reds game. I'll tell you where things stand in the NL wildcard race for the Reds. I'll recap all the Reds minor league action and preview Thursday's Reds game against the Tigers in the series finale. But first, here's what happened on Tuesday night in Detroit. It was Connor Phillips getting his second big league start against Eduardo Rodriguez, the Tigers' ace and star left-handed pitcher. In the top of the second, Christian Encarnacion Strand smoked a single, Harrison Bader walked, and then with two outs, TJ Friedel did it again. He tripled and put the Reds up to nothing. Bottom of the third, the Tigers did tie it up on a two-run home run from Spencer Torkelson, home run number 28 on the season for the Tigers' first baseman. In the top of the fourth, the Reds stole a couple runs. Started off, Harrison Bader walked again. Noel V. Marte singled. And then that guy, TJ Friedel, he laid down a great bunt. There was a slight hesitation from Tigers starter Eduardo Rodriguez. Just enough for Friedel to beat it out down the line. And then a fielder's choice from Luke Maley put the Reds up 3-2. to two. Next batter, Jonathan India struck out, but Luke Maley took off for second. Maley stopped, and Noel V. Marte scored easily before the Tigers could tag Luke for the final out, and that made it 4-2 Reds. Bottom of the fourth, the Tigers did get a run back on a walk and a double. That cut the Reds' lead to 4-3. Connor Phillips put the first two runners on base in the fifth inning, and then he was pulled. Final line for Phillips, four innings pitched, four hits, three earned runs, four walks, three strikeouts, one home run. Overall, decent start for Phillips, but command continues to be his struggle. But the Reds' bullpen did it again. And I'm just going to read off every single pitcher because they're all heroes on Wednesday. Fernando Cruz got two outs. Sam Mole got an out. TJ Antone got two outs. Unfortunately, left the game injured. More on him in a second. Lucas Sims got a big out coming in unexpectedly for Antone. Ian Jabot got three outs. Daniel Duarte got three outs. And Alexis Diaz shut the door with a save in the ninth. Your Cincinnati Reds win 4-3 over the Tigers. And the Reds' bullpen, five innings. On Wednesday night, no runs, just two hits, struck out seven batters, and the Reds' bullpen, get this, has thrown 21 consecutive scoreless innings. Absolutely dominant at a crucial stage in the season. The win was win number 76 on the season, and here's what David Bell had to say about it. We'll take 
wins any way we can get them. And uh, right now, it's what it's all about. It's you know, there, there's no perfect way, and um, you know the games are are never perfect. But guys step up. Our bullpen, I mean, an incredible job tonight. Um, and Connor Phillips, you know, in only his second start in the major leagues, um, he got it done. You know, they 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 we outscored him, and uh, you know he can he can uh, you know put one more start under his belt, take that in into next time, and uh, you know just a lot of little things that you have to do to win games and you know guys making plays and but uh the bullpen has just been you know we put a lot on them the last couple days and and they just got it done um guy after guy after guy and the guy for a second straight night with a big hit here's tj friedel tj your response to a five and five homestand has been a two and oh road trip so far what message does that send to the rest of these nl wildcard contenders yeah you know it's kind of getting down to it at this point um Every game, every inning, every out, everything matters. Um, you know, our goal on this road trip is just to kind of put our head down, take it one game at a time, and take care of business. And um, so far, that's what we've been doing. You drove into in the second inning via a two-RBI triple against Eduardo Rodriguez. What about left-handed pitching? Makes you so good. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I wish I had the answer. I, I have no idea. Um, you know, it's just kind of sticking to my approach and, and trying to get a fastball early in the count. And, you uh, you know, just kind of simplify at that point. And uh, two outs like that, just putting the ball in play and making things happen. This team has won three straight games. How much credit do you give the bullpen for three straight? Incredible. I mean, these guys these guys in the bullpen have been absolutely amazing for us all season. And, you know, and when things are up, things are down. Like, our bullpen has been the solid rock of this, of this team. And uh, they've picked us up so many times in nights like tonight where we're trying to scratch runs across and we can't get them. And, and that one run right there, that's all we need with our bullpen. So they've been amazing. How much fun are you having playing meaningful baseball down the stretch right now? Yeah, you can't ask for anything more than that. You know, playing these games, everything matters. And, and there's nothing better than playing meaningful baseball in September. So it's, it's been awesome. Enjoy the win. Thanks, TJ. Thank you. And here's Connor Phillips on his second big league start. Connor, how did start two compare to your MLB debut? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as good, honestly. Um, bullpen came in and kicked butt. I mean, they were great. Um just hats off to those guys. Um, it's, it's a huge team win. Do you feel like you were more confident out there today, or what was working and what wasn't for you? Yeah, I mean, I fell behind a lot of guys tonight, um, which is something I didn't really do in the first outing. Um, you know, the the runs weren't as much in this one, but um, it felt like I didn't pitch as good as the last one. Uh, last one I got burned on two pitches. This one was kind of fighting all night and uh, just make it as far as you can. How prepared are you to take the ball every five minutes the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, coming up here is kind of like a, a new life. Um, kind of get kick-started again. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun up here. Uh, the guys want to win. I want to win. Um, so give me the ball every five days. I'm, I'm going to take it and I'm going to give it my best. David Bell said about TJ Antone, TJ has some pain or soreness in the elbow area. Bell said we will have to get an exam. Bell said it's concerning because of what he's gone through. However, TJ Antone said after the game, quote, it just kind of flared up. It's nothing serious, I don't think. Same thing I've been rehabbing the whole time. Kind of the same spot and everything. So we certainly wish the best 
for TJ Antone. Well, the Reds won a game for a second straight day without hitting a home run, but Christian Encarnacion's strand single that got the Reds going early in this game was at 111.8 off the bat, and that will be our deep drive of the day, sponsored as always by Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks as always to our friends at DSC. All right, Reds in the wild card race. Reds are now tied with the Arizona Diamondbacks, who lost again, lost the series to the Mets for the third wild card spot. Reds, of course, won the tiebreaker against the Diamondbacks. So if the season ended right now, the Reds will be in the playoffs because they would hold the tiebreaker. Reds are also just two games behind the Cubs now for the second wild card spot. Cubs lost a series to the Rockies. Rockies that entered 51 and 91 on the season into that series. And the Reds are also just three and a half now behind the Phillies for the first wild card spot. So the Reds have made up quite a bit of ground over the last two days. The only bad news, they have two teams still behind them. The Marlins and Giants both won. Giants had a, another comeback win against the Guardians late. So both of those teams are just a half game behind the Reds and Diamondbacks. So really, Phillies are probably pretty safe. Cubs eh, probably feeling okay, but they're kind of in the mix. Really, it looks like maybe it's five teams for two spots. Cubs, Diamondbacks, Reds, Marlins, and the Giants. Well, the Reds' playoff odds are now up to 30.4%, down at 12 going into the day on Tuesday. First time Reds' playoff odds have been above 30% on Fangrass since August 23rd. So the Reds just continue, hang around in the race, 15 games to play, and they've got a real chance. The other teams in the wild card race, of course, the Phillies, they're still up at 95.6. Cubs still at 76.7. The Giants, though, down, down, down below 40% at 39.8. Diamondbacks all the way down to 34.3. And the Reds actually leapfrogged the Marlins in terms of playoff chances. Marlins are at 23.4. But at this point of the season, every day, those percentages can swing very quickly. So we'll continue to monitor that. All right, well, here is myself and Trace Fowler discussing Wednesday night's big win for the Reds on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. What a time to be alive. What a time to live in Cincinnati. What a time to live in Cleveland. What a time to live wherever you live. I can't believe it. I thought if you would have given me an opportunity... So place a wager in the fourth inning of this baseball game, and you told me that the Reds were going to finish the game with four runs and they were going to win, I would have said, how much money do you want to bet? I'll give you everything I got, which isn't a lot, but it's enough to make you think that the bet's worthwhile. Anyways, Nick, Reds win, Reds win, Reds win, 4-3 to three over the Detroit Tigers, and here we are again. The Reds are not dead. In fact, I like to say they're, they're, they're thriving. What do you think, Nick? Uh, it's getting real, folks. It's getting real. Whew. 15 games to play. The wild card race, Nick. I kind of said at first, I don't, and I want to eat my words here for a minute. I was uh, just not worried about the Cubs, I guess is what I was thinking. I, I kind of was to the point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to let them go because I just thought 
that they were going to probably win the series against Colorado and or sweep them, and they didn't. They lost the series to the Rockies. And like I said before, the Rockies are a pitiful, pitiful baseball team. I don't know if you've seen them play enough, but they are not very good. So the fact that the Cubs are backing up, they're backing up. Um, maybe I shouldn't give up hope on catching them. Diamondbacks are a team I've not been scared of all along, and and quite frankly, could you could you say that any of them are good? I don't know. And I think if you're outside looking in against this Reds team, you probably ask yourself, how the hell do they keep doing it? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a MLB wanted MLB baseball wanted this to happen, and by God, they've gotten it, Nick. There's like five teams that are all you know right there at the, the borderline of getting into this thing. Yeah, it's an exciting race. You see the Cubs lose a series to the Colorado Rockies. You see how it's possible to lose a series to the Cardinals. Uh, you know, just because you have an easy schedule doesn't mean it guarantees wins. I, I think a lot of people just kind of, well, easy schedule, and, and either you go one way, it's like, well, they have an easy schedule. They absolutely have to win. Other people say, ah, easy schedule doesn't mean anything. The reality is it's somewhere in the middle. Right. If you're playing 20 games and you have 20 games against an easy team, easy schedule, 20 games versus a hard schedule. The easy schedule, you're probably expected to go like 11 and 9. The hard schedule, you're probably expected to go 9 and 11. It's not that big of a gap. These are all Major League Baseball teams. Uh, the, the margin of error between even the team like the Reds and the Mets or the Diamondbacks and the Mets, it's really not that drastic. Like, like it, this isn't the Braves and the A's. Like, like these yeah. are, yeah. yeah, these are teams kind of in the middle. Um, so an easy schedule like the Reds have helps, but it doesn't mean everything. It it just helps, and that's how we should view it going forward. And the Reds, man, just keep hanging around. Fifteen games to play. Yeah, no doubt. I keep coming back to the thought. If the Reds just start playing the baseball they're capable of, Nick, they're going to the postseason, period. They just are. They just are. I, I You smile when I say that because you, know you know I'm being – you know it's true. See, here's what you've done, Nick. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you on the carpet here, not because it's a bad thing, not because it's a bad thing, but this is the truth. You've been so, so even keel on this thing the whole time. You've been worried about saying the Reds should make the playoffs because you don't want to set the expectation that this young roster should have to make the playoffs. And that's more than fair. That's more than fair. I think any reasonable Reds fan would say, you know what, if they were to miss the playoffs by a game or two or whatever it may be, yeah, it's going to sting It's going to sting for a minute. But, 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 but when you look back at the full fledge of the season, it's a, it's, a, it's a smashing success. However, you haven't really said they should make the postseason I know your mind when you smiled right there. This is the psychological aspect of coming out at me. I know you believe the same thing I do. You, if you had to put your hard-earned money on, who's getting to the postseason between the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Marlins, and the Reds? I know we're Reds fans. I know we're biased. But I'm telling you, that's the team that I think has the best chance to make it. And I don't care what the computer says. I don't care what Fangraph says. I don't care what any analytical equation says. I'm here to tell you right now, the Reds have the best chance of the four. They just do. I, I really do believe that. I'm going to trust my Fangraph's math, and I'm going to say it, they, it still would be they, – they absolutely can. Like, they're well – they have a, a, as close to a chance as about anyone. But I Let me fix they, that for you. I mean, uh, again, they we have to remember, we have two, we have two starting pitchers right now that aren't – running on fumes like let's not forget that 
Hunter Green and Brandon Williams, and a guy just coming off the COVID IL, are the only two pitchers that right now, starting pitchers that we feel really, really good about. Like, there's still Andrew Abbott, completely running on fumes, Connor Phillips, and I don't, who, we don't even know who's starting tomorrow, Trace. Like, that's why I'm not going to sit here and be like, Reds are going to the playoffs. I'm just excited as hell that it's still a possibility. Uh, I, I don't want to go too far and uh, be, di- I don't want to be disappointed because I'm not disappointed. I'm happy. No, I understand, but the Reds are going to make the postseason, and we're going to will that into fruition. We're 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 gonna we're gonna we're gonna you know speak things into existence existence. If you're a person that doesn't believe in that, start trying it out. Sometimes it, it actually might it might work more than you think. Okay, let's get into let's get into this. Let's talk about Connor Phillips first because I don't know what else to say about this bullpen. I hate to say this, but I just don't think that he's going to be a reliable. Obviously, he's not. He's just not going to be a reliable starter. I think we just have to beg and hope and plead that he's going to give up. Quite frankly, the starts that he's had today. Those are the starts that you can kind of come to expect out of Connor Phillips. Maybe he'll go five innings. Maybe he'll go five innings. And if 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 he throws well, he'll give up two to three runs and and you keep it moving. Now, I know that a guy that has a a six-plus ERA isn't the type of arm you want. I, I completely agree. It's not the arm that you want. It's not the arm that we need at this moment. But it's what we have. And this bullpen has been a cheat code. For the past, how many months they've been playing? Five months. They've been a cheat code. They've been they've been the get out of jail for free card, and they've continued to do it over and over and over again. I tried to I tried to hedge the bet tonight and say, listen, we have to get more than four runs. We have to get more than four runs because there's just no way in hell this bullpen is going to do it again. And sure enough, they do it again. They do it again. I I don't I it has to end. It has to end, does it? I don't. I don't want to be overly critical of of too many people, but we just can't keep doing this to this bullpen at all. I mean, twenty consecutive scoreless innings, and every single one of those innings were so important. It wasn't like there were twenty scoreless innings and a, a couple blowouts, right? I mean, I know the game on Sunday was a, a little bit of a margin, but that was such like almost a must win game that. It, it always felt closer than I think it really was. This is for the this is for the crowd that said we needed to go get this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy. And you know what? You might be right. You know why? Because Giolito has looked great. I mean, Giolito has been a fantastic addition since the deadline. And by fantastic, I mean he's got like a nine ERA. Uh, then you got the Monday morning quarterbacks that told you you need to go and get Lorenzen because he just threw a no hitter. And oh, I don't see any Lorenzen takes anymore. Where is Lorenzen? Oh, there he is. He's going to the bullpen. Why? Because he sucks. And that's what happens at the deadline. You got a bunch of guys that aren't very good that they ship away because you got people that are desperate. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of of cash now. No offense to the 1-800 cash now people, (laughs) but it's like you got to go get money so bad that you're willing to take a 25% interest rate. Of course, no offense to the people that need the cash now. I'm sure they're in a business for a reason, but that's the type of stuff that you're doing. Not a very wise investment, as they say. Oh, but but are we, are we really only going to get a guy named Sam Mole? Oh, yeah? Well, guess what Mole did? He came into a bases-loaded situation, Nick, and what did he do? He got out of it. He got out of it. And you know what? I'm pretty sure Sam Mole's been pretty damn good ever since we got him. Just saying. Pretty damn good since we got him. 1.06 ERA with the Reds. Mm. Wow. Interesting. What a wild concept. What a wild concept. I mean, what do we have to do around here? 
to get a little bit of respect for the front office. Just a little bit. I'm not asking for a ton. I'm just asking for a, you know what? That's pretty impressive. I still don't believe it. I got to believe it to see it. I got to see him win a World Series before I give this guy any credit. If you're going to be that guy, sure, that's fine. But we were supposed to win 64 and a half baseball games this year. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include the half, okay? Because that's important. If they're going to give us credit for the half, I'm going to say it. 64 and a half wins. And here we sit in the postseason with 15 games to play. If we can't give a little bit of credit to the front office, then I'll just, I'll just say it. You know what you are? You're a hater. You're a hater. You don't like facts. You like your own opinions, and you don't want to be wrong. You know what they always say? You can tell a wise man the, the, the moment that he admits that he makes a mistake. It's okay. Just say you were wrong about Nick Crawl at the deadline. That's okay. If you want to say you should have gone out and got a starter, be my guest and tell me which one you want. Go ahead. Is it Max Scherzer, who just got hurt, by the way? Is it Justin Verlander? Wow, Justin Verlander. That's about the only one, Nick, that they could come up with anymore that, would, that I would actually be like, oh, man, yeah, we could have gotten Justin Verlander. What, what would that have cost? But anyways, I digress. My apologies for, for ranting and raving, but I'm sick and tired of, of people thinking that there was a solution at the deadline when there just wasn't one, and they went out and got a guy named Sam Mole who should, should get some credit. Sam Mole should get some credit, Nick. Yeah, I mean, he's been been great. Just as uh, fit into this Cincinnati piece together bullpen that's that's been absolutely elite. And uh, but it gives you hope that if the Reds can get into a th- into a best of three playoff series, even with only having like two starters, well, that might be okay because you don't really have to to get all that much. You're going to have a, a fresh bullpen. There's a day off between that, and uh, you know this bullpen's capable of putting up four, five, six zeros. Especially maybe play the Brewers. I, I like our, I like the Reds' chances. Of, you know, bullpen, bullpen um, for for multiple innings against them. So, of these five teams in the wild card race, the team with the best bullpen gets the wild card spot. I wonder who that would be. Well, might just be it's the team that's not giving up any runs in nineteen innings. It's definitely not. Definitely not the Cubs. I don't know if we want to be critical on this show or not. It doesn't seem like... It, let's just be fair. I think let's be fair. Uh, TJ Friedel with a big-time hit. It was a lefty-on-lefty situation. Um, what's your overall thoughts on the offense? And, and I'm assuming you just wanted to give Friedel some love. Is that what you were trying to do there? And he had a bun hit, too. Well, it's back-to-back days. He had the, the biggest hit of the game. Um, he's just... And, and it gets the lefty. Uh, and I said earlier in the year, I think TJ Friedel's the one guy that, that has proven enough to, uh, to, to play against lefties. And he just continues to prove it, man. This guy is just, he's just one of these guys that as cliche as it is, you're just happy he plays for your baseball team. He's just such a fun player to root for. He just does so many little things. Does sometimes that kind of stuff get overblown? Is sometimes some of that stuff overrated? Sure, absolutely. But it doesn't mean it's meaningless. It doesn't mean it doesn't help your team win. And that's what TJ Friedel does. He just he just does a lot of things that help the Reds win and, and, and had a good day. And look, the Reds offense just... uh I mean, only scored four runs today, but this was against a really, really, really good pitcher. All the runs were off the starting pitcher. Right. Yeah, uh, it, it's wild. Like remember, two weeks ago, Reds couldn't hit a starting pitcher to save their life. The only thing they do is against the bullpen. Now, now they're hitting the starters, and they're not hitting the bullpen guys. It's just it, the ebbs and flows of a, a baseball season. But this was a really, really, really good pitcher. Five walks against him. 
And it felt like he had a huge strike zone too, and they still got five walks. So this was a really good, good job by the Reds offense, uh, you know, jumping on him early. And uh, it's a big way. I mean, you're starting Connor Phillips, a guy that the Reds do not want starting right now. Yeah. I think it was pretty clear the Reds did not want to call up start Connor Phillips because they didn't really think he was ready. And I think you see why they didn't yeah, really think he's ready because he he walks too many guys. But you also see why the Reds are so excited about him because he has a lot of talent. The fact that he was able to kind of get through four innings and kind of keep the Reds in the game, he clearly has the talent. He just you know needs to work a little bit to get there. But like you, you shouldn't win this game. This is the game you weren't supposed to win in this series, and the Reds just win it. How many of these? How many of these type of games have the Reds had this year? They've had a ton. I mean, they've had a ton. In fact, uh, there was a statistic today, if you're into that type of thing, uh, that if the Reds, if the Reds, if everyone in the uh, NL Central were to swap their win-loss record in one lo- in one run games, so every one run game, if you won, then you would be receive a loss, and if you lost, you'd receive a win. I think I've explained that as clearly as possible. The Cincinnati Reds would be uh, uh, almost dead last in the division with the Pirates. The Cardinals would be in second place, and the Cubs would be in first. The Brewers would be in. It just goes to show you that the margins in this league, and in in the in the you know the ability to win a one run game, ultimately ends up being what your record is the season. Not everyone. You're not you're not just going to blow everyone out like the Braves are, unless you're an elite baseball team. And that's just what half of this league, maybe more than half of this league, isn't. Is that they're just I don't want to say not an elite team, but they're just not. There's an average team, whatever term you'd like to use. But the Reds, like I said before, I said this yesterday, I'll say it again. It's just magic. This I can't sit here and say that this is sustainable because it's not. It's not. I don't think it is. I mean, the bullpen's just been legitimately kryptonite um, for, for every other team there is. And I think the Reds were fortunate. Uh, I know you're talking about the Reds' offense here for a minute. I think the Reds were a little fortunate, Nick. Uh, Rodriguez didn't have his best stuff. He obviously didn't have the command he, maybe he would traditionally have. He walked the most guys he had walked all season long tonight. I give the Reds credit for that. I'm not trying to downplay that, Nick, a little, but but I do think they were a little fortunate that they they didn't get Rodriguez on his best night, and they took advantage of it. But again, I hark, I harken back, as always, someone, something or someone's going to have to carry the load or carry this team, and I guess, I guess it could be the bullpen all year long. It's just my gut tells me that over the next two weeks – something is going to have to pick up the starting pitching and or the bullpen if they were to falter a little bit, falls squarely on the offense. And I know yesterday someone in the chat kind of got on me a little bit about me being so negative about the offense. I'm not suggesting that they're not playing relatively decent, but as I pointed out, the Reds in one in a one month span, I think it was like May twentieth to to uh, or maybe it was like June twentieth to July twentieth. I don't really remember exactly what it was, but within a thirty day span, the Reds scored eight or more runs in a baseball game fifteen times. Since the All Star break, the Reds have scored eight or more runs in eight games. So. And I'm not suspecting that Nick they're going to get hot like they did earlier this year and, and score you know. 10, 11, 12 runs all this all the time. But I, I, I'm just waiting for that game. We need that game soon. We need one of those games where we win 11 to 7 or 11 to 8 because the bullpen gives up four or five runs in a game. 
it's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but it feels like it's coming, and I hope it's soon. And you know what? They've had some good at-bats. It's just they have not gotten the big, big-time hit, right? They've not gotten the, the second, third, two-out hit. Um, they've not really gotten the, the game-breaking hit. And Give them credit, though. They've scored enough runs to win, which is all that really matters. Yeah, Reds are now 33-26 and 26 in one-run games. This is a team that has a minus 35 run differential. So, look, we'd be lying if we said there's not some good luck involved in that. Yeah, the Reds had some good lucks that some of these games that that were, you know, where your pitching wasn't great, your offense picked you up, and vice versa. The Reds had more of that happen this year than not. But there's also a lot of credit that has to go to the manager that managed through all the one-run games, that picked his spots to use his bullpen and maximize it. Uh, managers deserve a lot of credit when your team has a really, really good one run record. David Bell deserves a lot of credit for this team overachieving this year. To your other other point about, you know, kind of what the Reds are going to do down the stretch. Certainly the, the the bullpen, you can't rely on the bullpen as heavily as the Reds have. You can't expect that they're going to put up four, five, six zeros every night. Uh, I think there's two things. The offense is going to need a couple games where they just outslug a team where, where, I mean, they're just one back-to-back games. They didn't hit a home run. Did they hit a home run on Sunday? I don't even remember. Maybe. They're winning games without hitting home runs, which is that they need to hit some home runs. This is obviously a really tough ballpark to hit some home runs. But they're going to need to win a couple games where they just have the offense. They're going to be facing some pitchers that they have a chance to really just take to the woodshed. Uh, the other thing, the other, the other, other big guy is Hunter Green because you're going to be able to manipulate Hunter Green starts. He's fresher than anyone else. You need Hunter Green to have some big time starts. Those are my two keys. If the Reds are able to pull off uh, what would be, I think, one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of this franchise if they make the postseason this year, uh, I think that's the two things that the Reds will really have to have go right. People think that's hyperbole, what you just said. You're being dead serious about the fact that you think this is one of the greatest accomplishments this franchise ever done. Now, I do think that a, that's that to some is going to be is going to be a ridiculous statement just because they're going to base this off the fact that the, the, the 75 and 76 season, uh, clearly, and then obviously 1990 as well. You're not saying it's the best. You're just saying it's one of before before your mentions get a little ugly. I, I mean, just, definitely in my lifetime. I mean, I don't really count the 90 World Series as my lifetime. I was three years old. But after that, I mean, okay, yeah, 1995, they made the NLCS. Uh, the year before, in 94, they were like the World Series favorites are kind of close to it. So them making the NLCS in 1995, while it was great, it was somewhat expected. 2010 was incredible. That's probably still going to be number one for me, especially since they had gone so long without the drought. But 2012, I mean, that team was supposed to be there. 2020, the highest payroll in team history. I mean... Okay, then there's this year. I mean, this team was supposed to win 64 and a half games. If they make the playoffs, that's 85. That's a 20-game improvement. I mean, just just imagine if they were projected to win 80 games and they won 100, how you do it. It's the same thing. What what this team has overachieved is, is unlike anything in my lifetime. I wish I uh, – so if there's anyone out there smarter than me that could find some of this stuff, what was the 2010 teams like Pakoda win projections? I would love to know that. Because I think that would be maybe a fun way to kind of evaluate what this team has done versus that team. Throw all of the statistical natures of what you get from people out the window. I think two things that can affect two things that can affect someone's baseball or the back of someone's baseball card, Nick. One of them is pressure. It just is. 
One of them is pressure. Some guys are going to shine brighter in bigger moments than others, no matter what the back of their baseball card looks like. It's just true. I, I, I believe in the clutch gene. I think the clutch gene is a real thing. I think that I've seen enough baseball and I've seen enough athletics over my lifetime to where some guys and girls have the ability to block distractions better than others and they can perform better. And we don't have a clue in the world, maybe outside of Nick Martini, and that's a little bit of a joke, but a little bit of a, maybe not a joke, if we're being honest, of who has that X factor and who's gonna, who, who is going to step up when it means the most. And we're getting into a, a portion of the season now, without question, where it's probably been going on for two months, but just like every big game in the late innings, the moments get bigger and the spotlights get brighter and the margin of error gets smaller and basically every big play gets magnified. That is exactly what is going to be the next two weeks. We are going to remember the plays that happen in the next two weeks, maybe even beyond that if we make the postseason, way more than all of the things that happened way earlier this year. And they all mean the same theoretically, but... Hopefully we got some nut cutters. That's all I got for you. I hopefully we got some nut cutters, and uh, I don't, I don't foresee why we wouldn't, based off of what I've seen so far. But you just never know, Nick. All right, dug it up on the fly. Shout out to you, Evan Maurer, for getting me in the right direction. All right, so 2010 Reds were projected by Pakoda. I'm just using the same yeah. uh, projection system to make it fair, and that is typically the one that most most places use as the the most trustworthy. 2010, Reds were projected to win 78 games. They won 91, 13-game improvement. This year, Pakoda projected the Reds at 66, a little higher than some of our sports books, but 66, Reds are at 76. Reds are already at 10, surely going to go ahead of that 13. So, uh, I mean, yeah, this is one of the most incredible seasons in the history of the Reds based on what their expectations were with uh, with, uh, how they performed. All right, well, let's get you caught up on all of the Reds minor league action. Reds, of course, just two teams remaining uh, playing this season with the Dragons and the Tortuga season ending. But AAA, the Louisville Bats, they lost 4 nothing to Durham. Uh, Bats now fall to 70-68 and 68 on the season. AAA Louisville, they are seeking their first winning season since 2011. So they're going to really need to pick it up. And they're often struggling a little bit of late. Kevin Newman, 0 for 4 uh, on his rehab assignment, Newman is just 5 for 25. He doesn't have an extra base hit yet during his rehab assignment. Jose Barrero continues to struggle a little bit. He was 0 for 3. Jacob Hurtaby was 1 for 3. Henry Ramos, 1 for 2 with a walk. And then Tony Santion, he pitched a scoreless inning of relief. Allowed one hit, no walks, and struck out one. Double A, the Chattanooga Lookouts fell 5 for to Birmingham, lookouts now 68-65 and 65 on the season. Of course, they have already secured a playoff spot that'll start next week. They also announced that Edwin Arroyo and Austin Hendrick both got promoted. They did not play on, on Wednesday night, but they are expected to be a part of the playoffs for the lookouts. Cool to see, especially Edwin Arroyo, getting that chance. Uh, in this game, Blake Dunn was 0-3, did walk twice. Uh, Julian Aguilar got the start. He was pretty solid, four innings pitched, uh, just two runs, one walk, and seven strikeouts uh, for Aguilar, who's had a really, really nice season. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was about it for Chattanooga. All right, Reds will go for the sweep against the Detroit Tigers on Thursday afternoon. Game is at 1.10 p.m. It's, of course, on Bally Sports Ohio, but if you are out of the Cincinnati market, it's also on the MLB Network. 
For the Tigers, it'll be right-handed pitcher Reese Olsen on the mound. 3-7, 4.50 ERA. He's the Tigers' number 11 ranked prospect. Uh, he had a 6.38 ERA, believe it or not, at AAA this season. But he made three really good starts. Got the call up. Tigers needing some pitching. And his first start actually took a no-hitter into the sixth inning in his Major League debut. And he's been rolling of late. Last three starts, he's got a 1.50 ERA and 18 innings pitch with five walks and 16 strikeouts. Olsen, the mid-90s uh, fastball, changeup, slider, and curve. For the Reds, it'll be Derek Lull starting the game. Of course, he'll be used as an opener. Lull's really struggled of late. He's allowed runs in six of his last eight appearances, but he is the freshest arm for the Reds, and he did not allow a run or walk in his last appearance back on Friday against the Cardinals. Lull used twice the season as an opener, and both times have gone really well. Uh, two and two-thirds innings, one hit, no runs. Ben Lively is expected to be activated off the COVID IL, probably for Connor Phillips. Phillips was a COVID replacement player. So if I'm understanding correctly, Phillips can technically be put back on the Louisville roster, but stay with the Reds and then be added back to the roster for his next turn through the rotation. Assuming the Reds keep in the rotation, next time through would be against the Twins. And uh, it's expected Lively would pitch several innings for the Reds. It's been a wild ride for Lively this season. He's been really good at times, but he has not pitched at any level since August 26th. You might remember he threw five and two-thirds innings in relief in a big extra inning win for the Reds. The Reds' only win in Arizona. He had made a couple rehab starts prior to that, but then his last start in the big leagues was actually back on August 1st when he gave up 13 earned runs to the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Reds, I would expect some other roster moves before this game too. Of course, TJ Antoke could be put on the IL. We're hoping for the best there. Uh, the Reds also still have 15 position players on their roster and only 13 pitchers. You are allowed to carry up to 14 pitchers in September. So my best guess, if they decide to take a position player off the roster, it's sadly probably Nick Martini. He doesn't really have a spot in the lineup anymore with Joey Votto back. And the Reds are in line to face three left-handed starting pitchers over the next six games. So you don't think they're going to want to take Senzel off the roster. He's been smoking hot against left-handed pitcher. I highly doubt they're going to get rid of Bader or Renfro, um, given that they just picked them up. So we'll see what the Reds decide to do. But you know, several moves. A couple guys down at Louisville that are on the 40-man roster. Casey Legomina last pitched on Tuesday. Levi Stout last pitched on Saturday. Uh, Brett Kennedy last pitched on Friday, but... Uh, Kennedy gave up seven earned runs in his last outing. A couple other guys maybe the Reds could consider. Alan Buznitz, Silvino Bracco. Neither one of those guys is necessarily pitching very well. Neither one of those guys are on the 40-man roster, so they would have to be added. So we'll see uh, some tough decisions for the Reds uh, on uh, Thursday. Obviously, they want to keep, you would assume, um, as many pitchers available as possible. All right, so let's run through the wild card standings one more time for you. Phillies hold the first wild card spot. They have a three and a half game cushion. Cubs hold the second wild card spot. They have a two game cushion. Then you have the Reds tied with the Diamondbacks. Reds hold the tiebreaker over the Diamondbacks. And then you have both the
the Marlins and the Giants just a half game behind the Reds and the Diamondbacks. And here's what we got going on on Thursday. Of course, the Reds are at 110, but then at 210, the Marlins are at the Braves. Marlins got Yuri Perez on the mound against Adrian Hauser. 410, it'll be the Diamondbacks at the Mets. Diamondbacks have Merrill Kelly on the mound. And then at 840, it'll be the Giants at the Rockies. Uh, Logan Webb on the mound for the Giants. Former Red, Chase Anderson on the mound for the Rockies. Hopefully the Rockies can continue some of that Coors magic that they just had against the Cubs. Before we get out of here today, I want to make sure we tell you about a couple of Chatterbox Sports' uh, new shows that are uh, really great content for you. First, Mac and JT, if you are an NFL fan, uh, that show is every Wednesday at 7.30, so those guys were live last night. Of course, you can watch it anytime on YouTube. Uh, they go through all the NFL games. You'll definitely want to check that out. Chatterbox Clicker, Coach Kyle Kasky breaks down Bengals film. His uh, latest episode is live on YouTube on Chatterbox Sports. You'll definitely want to check that out. He went through uh, all the film from the Bengals' first games. Of course, the Chatter Podcast uh, with Charlie Walters. He was formerly on Reds Live and his friend Houdini. Uh, really fun, uh, lighthearted sports podcast. So the Chatter, make sure you check that out on podcast form. And then off the bench, of course, every Monday through Friday, uh, Trace Fowler currently filling in for Tom Brenneman. Those guys have a lot of fun each day. Uh, they'll be talking about the Reds game, uh, and they'll be talking about everything Cincinnati sports and beyond. So be sure to check out Off the Bench, Monday through Friday, 10 to noon, on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Of course, if you haven't yet, please leave us a quick five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. That really helps us out. I see all the reviews. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate them and how much that helps us out. So thank you so much to everyone that's done that. If you haven't yet, just take a couple seconds to do that. And then we will see you around 3.40 p.m. on Chatterbox Sports on YouTube when the ninth inning rolls around. So make sure you subscribe to Chatterbox Sports. Hit that bell in the top right corner. Turn on notifications so you don't ever miss out. And, of course, if you miss that, podcast will be in your feed Friday morning, hopefully talking about a Cincinnati Red Sweep of the Detroit Tigers. We'll have a fantastic Thursday, and as always, go Reds.